This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free. It is the live Saturday edition of the program. The number is 1-800-259-9231, and that number is brought to you by SACL CAI, 800-259-9231. Uh, we're here as we always are. Uh, by the way, we being me, Ian. And Mark. Uh, and our website, freetalklive.com. By the way, if you haven't been to the website, take a moment out. Go visit. You'll see that uh, all of the content that is there on the main section of the site has been created by listeners like you. Uh, the site allows you to uh, find something you think's pretty great online. You want to share it with our listeners. You submit it to the site. Other listeners then vote on whether they like or dislike, and you get to vote on things too. And then the most voted up will make it to the front page and the top of the website, meaning we're more likely to talk about it on the air. Of course, Saturday not, show. Not to mention that more, pe- more people are going to see it because it's the yes. top of, the we- of a very popular website. Exactly. Uh, so, well, I don't know if very popular. We're in the top 200,000 in the whole world. Is that very popular? I would say it's... There's a lot of websites yeah. out there. There are millions and millions That's true. of websites. That's true. Uh, so, yeah, you can go over there, you can get interactive, and you'll find all kinds of interesting stuff there. In fact, the, the, the website is packed full of stuff that I know we're not going to have a chance to talk about tonight. Um, because, well, it's open phones all the time, and you can take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. And there's an elephant sitting in the room tonight. Yeah, right. I don't mean a Republican. I mean uh, an elephant known as September 11th. Yeah. Now, I haven't heard any of the coverage about this today. I uh, I think when I woke up this morning, there was the, was this morning the story about the fire explosion, the gas line yeah, out in California? Crazy. So I didn't actually hear uh, any coverage of the, the whole September 11th thing. But I'm studiously trying to avoid it, honestly. I mean, I know that it, that's going to be a, a main topic this evening, but gosh, I, I you know, I just I don't know how much there is to gain from dwelling on 9/11. I I didn't have a relative die in 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 these you know crashes, and I'm I'm sure it's terrible. As terrible as it is to have a relative die, well, any time that they're murdered in mm. in some kind of horrible way. Um, you know, but it it seems like nine nine eleven has become a rallying cry for either kooks or warmongers. Yeah, I think yeah, I think you're right about that. Um, but I I feel it does deserve to be addressed. Yeah, and if anything, it deserves to be addressed because of the uh, the memory hole effect. The fact that well, even on nine eleven two thousand one, people didn't know. Uh, they didn't realize what precipitated it. They they just aren't educated about it, and they jumped to conclusions, and a lot of people kind of presumed that, my God, where did this come from? Who would have thought that uh, those folks over there from the Middle East would be so angry at us? Why, all we've ever done is given them uh, wonderful pop music and uh, and Hollywood uh, films and, uh, and Coca-Cola, and how, how could they be so upset? How wh- Where did this come from? I mean, the, do you remember that? I mean, back then it was like this this shock, like, wh- how could this have happened to us? Well, and I, I think there was initial fe- initial fear. I can tell you that. Uh, oh, sure. They thought more was coming. Right. I, I, if, I don't mean if, if, a, if a door to door Arab yeah. uh, uh, encyclopedia salesman had come to my house, he'd have been a dead man that day. Uh, that was that was what it was like. Crazy. For me. I'm just telling you what it was like for me. Wow. And, um, you know, the, the, if for me, not- it was just like, oh. They finally did it. <laughs> well, you and I were on different uh, yeah. different planes at that time. Were we we weren't even on the air. No, not not yeah, at that time. We, we weren't even doing a show. It was another year at before that point. Free Talk Live started. So, um, you know, 
it, the world was a different place. Uh, I think that you know the, the the going into Afghanistan seemed like a really great idea. Now it's the longest war the United States has ever been in uh, between the Iraq and the Afghan Afghan war. At this point, we are at projected because you have to consider they're 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 figuring the medical treatment of lots and lots of uh, soldiers who have lots of parts blown off and and uh, you know their minds are lost in in some way or another at four trillion dollars so there's this incredible incredible amount of money that uh, that's been spent and as i recall i wanted osama bin laden's head i don't know how everybody else felt but the idea of going into afghanistan was to go Find Osama bin Laden, put his head on a stick, and bring him back. Well, it worked out great for the government, because the government has done what the government is supposed to do, and that is perpetuate itself mm. and its missions. And so Make its the missions, programs bigger, more yep, expensive. Its missions have continued on and creeped larger and larger. Then we had to we had to get the terrorist training camps that were in uh, Iraq. And don't forget their weapons of mass destruction and the yellow cake and blah, 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 blah. And now the United States has uh, emired in two wars in uh, over in the Middle East uh, mm-hmm. and honestly hasn't addressed any of the issues that caused 9-11. Yeah, but they got that guy that they installed in, in Iraq, Saddam Hussein. Yeah, that, well, that was he was on their payroll right. previously, Oh, as was Osama bin Laden. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, um, I mean, all they're doing is they're going and rounding up the problems that they created. And in the turn, of course, creating more problems because the government can't solve the problems it creates unless it actually goes away and leaves people alone. Uh, so I, I'm sorry if I miscommunicated, Mark. I, I didn't mean the immediate response. Obviously, the immediate response was shock and anger. But when people uh, a little bit down the line, they they we talked to some of them. They just believed that it came out of nowhere. They just yeah. believed that uh, they hate Americans. They hate Americans because of our pop culture, and they hate Americans because of, you know, fill in the blank, Britney Spears, pop, uh, McDonald's, etc. Well, that's, uh, Christianity. Th- there's two reasons for that, right? Like, the government doesn't want you to know how it is, how it behaves in other countries. But that, well, that was the government's story, was that they hate us because of our freedom, right? That was I, I, their story. That's what they say. That was their PR. If, if so, then they won. The terrorists won because they got a great deal of our freedom. You they no, meaning the government. Yeah, the, 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 we have less freedom. Is that isn't that true? Take, take a look at the TSA. So. Uh, take a look at these. Uh, the these, TSA expanding now into train stations right, and bus random depots. searches at bus stations, trains. Philadelphia just got subway searches this week. Uh, New York's, New York's had, had, them had them for, for a couple years. years. Uh, so I mean, cameras you, all over the place. Right. So when when a when a homegrown terrorist like Timothy McVeigh blows up the the buildings in uh, Oklahoma City, you get nothing. But when you've got some foreign terrorist, some some uh, you know scary guy in a turban lurking around mm-hmm. every corner. Well, then you get all kinds of crackdowns. So I thought I thought it would kind of be useful to investigate a little bit about where did it come from? Since since the government's line was, well, uh, they hate us because of our freedoms, and of course the media parroted that, and sure. then uh, you know talk radio parroted that, and people parroted that because well the government said it, so it must be true, even though they normally wouldn't believe it. Sure. The government politicians, said. you know, they're lying when their lips are moving. Those same people that will say that on domestic issues when it comes to foreign issues, politicians must be right. 
And I, I was looking online for something, uh, some sort of excerpt of what Osama bin Laden said in regards, because he said a lot, uh, in regards sure, to the rambling this, madman. The September but. 11th attacks. He is a rambling madman, no doubt about it. Uh, and and what he's uh, he doesn't. I'm not justifying what happened. I want to make right. sure I preface this because that's what's paragraph. The, that's the first telephone call we're going to get. You people you hate, America. hate America first types. Yeah. Here, here's what Osama bin Laden had to say in 2004. He says, It didn't cross our minds to attack the towers, but after the situation became unbearable and we witnessed the injustice and tyranny of the American-Israeli alliance against our people in Palestine and Lebanon, I thought about it, and the events that affected me directly were that of 1982 and the events that followed when America followed, or excuse me, allowed the Israelis to invade Lebanon, helped by the U.S. 6th Fleet. As I watched the destroyed towers in Lebanon, it occurred to me, punish the unjust the same way, and to destroy towers in America so it could taste some of what we are tasting, and to stop killing our women and children. So his anger goes back a long time. Yeah. He's got a couple happened. of... He, sa- he has several problems. He has problems with, uh, with America being in the Middle East, period. He has problems with America giving money to a foreign nation that, in this case, the foreign nation is Israel that he dislikes. Uh, I'm, I say we give no money to any foreign nations. I see no reason that any U.S. taxpayer at all, sh- their tax money should have to go fund some foreign nation. To me, that is absolute robbery. Well, because it, the money goes to the government bureaucrats, and then they end up using it to do horrible things. And don't forget that uh, Osama bin Laden is one of the princes of the Saudi Arabian country. I'm sure he'd like to be in charge of Saudi Arabia instead of his brother Hassan. At the time, their their uh, father, Fahd, was still alive. So, Hold that thought. Let's come back with more here. Your thoughts are welcome at 800-259-9231 and maybe a little more of a history lesson. You've got a timeline for us, Mark. I want to share some of that, too. 800-259-9231. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. Or visit porcupinerealtor.com. That's porcupinerealtor.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition of the program. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Features, by the way, including our bulletin board system. You can go and get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners. Over there at bbs.freetalklive.com. It's our forum. Head over to bbs.freetalklive.com. Have you ever considered taking your case to court without a lawyer? Jurisdictionary.com is a course for people without lawyers who must know what it takes to win. So that you can uh, uh, so that you can take your case and fight it in court. All the complaining about the government and the world, that's not going to fix what's wrong. Going to court, that can help. It works for plaintiffs or defendants. It costs less than an hour with any good attorney, and it's so easy that the average eighth grader can go through the complete four-CD course in a single weekend. I've taken the course. I do think it's very helpful, and I think there's nothing like it out there. It's Jurisdictionary.com. 
So, it being September 11th, uh, we did open the show up with uh, some discussion about what people's reactions were uh, back uh, almost almost a decade ago, nine years ago uh, today, to the September 11th, 2001 attacks on the World Trade Center and uh, the, the Pentagon. Uh, what people's reactions were and what the government's uh, claim was. They hate us because of our freedoms! And, of course, that propagated out and people, they believed it. Uh, but as Osama bin Laden's own quotes reveal, it didn't have anything to do with freedom hating because there are all kinds of places in the Western world that are as free or if not more so than uh, than the United States. So why are those places being attacked? Well, it's because those places don't have armed troops, you know, coming into uh, their homeland and blowing stuff up and killing their uh, their friends and family members. And Those most, places aren't funding the murder of their friends and family most members. Most importantly is the sort of being in bed with their governments, and whether it's Israel or supporting the, the ruling uh, House of Saud there in Saudi Arabia. I, I, the, the, the Saud's, in fact aren't even Arabian, as I understand. They don't even belong there running Saudi Arabia. Uh, not that anybody should be able to rule over anyone. It doesn't really matter what, what their ethnicity is. But, um, you know, I think that that's what the, one of the biggest problems. Let's go to your phone calls. Coming up, though, Mark, you've got some timeline stuff you want to share about the history of intervention on the part of the United States uh, government in the Middle East because it didn't all begin on September 11th, 2001, as the government people would like you to believe. There's a lot more to it. Let's go first, though, to Paul, listening in Huntsville to WBHP. Hello, Paul. You're on Free Talk Live. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I was just uh, saying when you uh, one of y'all answered the phone right there, I have never heard one time anyone bring up the idea that when the government's supposed to have been caught off guard by this attack of seven, um, you know, on the 11th like that, how come all these cameras were positioned just right they're operating. They're going to they're going to catch the whole thing from all the angles. Then they they say, "Well, you are oh, in New York fact. City." We don't know what's going on. And then the very next day, they know the whole story. Well, let me tell you something. Back during Vietnam and some of the Cold War, I worked in intelligence, man, for my for my government here. And and even nobody in intelligence can get things together that quick. So the government had to have this whole thing planned in order to murder all those people just so they could go into Iraq. So how did they murder um, them? Did they did they get their own Middle Eastern uh, you know folks that would hijack planes, or uh, did those people not exist? Well, according to uh, some of the people that I, I've talked to, everything those uh, a lot of those people really didn't even exist. And the ones that we've seen on TV were supposed to be the uh, the hijackers. Even your mainstream media out here has said that they've seen them alive and well in other parts of the world. Well, it's kind of hard to identify the bodies when they're blown into smithereens. You know, like who, in fact, was whom. You know, there have been a lot of questions that have surrounded uh, the September 11th attacks. And I think a lot of the questions are good questions. I don't know if you're ever going to get a real firm answer. You're not. Uh, in the same way that you don't really have a firm answer as to what happened to uh, to JFK, and I don't think it really, uh, even if it came out, if if it came out that it was uh, true that the government 
was completely behind uh, the September 11th attacks, as many of the conspiracy folks uh, would like you to believe. Even if it came out that that was true, I don't think that would significantly change anything because people know that the government's evil. They know they've they've done uh, naughty things before. They certainly know they're incompetent, but the expectation still is that somehow there's some job to finish in Afghanistan. Uh, Clearly, Osama bin Laden isn't in Afghanistan, but people, people trust the United States government to solve that problem. Paul, thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Look, I want to make it clear, uh, I don't believe the government story, and I don't believe the conspiracy theorists either. I, I, I don't know who to believe, and uh, it seems to me that uh, you know there's, there's a lot of different facts floating out there, but all, all you can really take sort of as the story is what most people believe, and I believe most people, people in the United States believe that the 9-11 uh, incident was perpetrated by 19 guys working for a you know this group called Al Qaeda, which of course was named by the CIA, and nobody in that group calls themselves Al Qaeda. But um, and Osama bin Laden was uh, the head of this group, and that uh, we've killed the number two guy about a dozen times. 800-259-9231. So again, uh, like I said, even if it comes out, if it's uh, it's true, like for instance, you look at uh, the Gulf of Tonkin, you look back to World War II and how the, the United States... Gulf of States, Tonkin, that's for uh, the, the faked event for Vietnam, for, to, that uh, perpetrated the Vietnam War, per- right. perpetuated the Vietnam War. Well, yeah, it really, it was the excuse for the United States to really get in uh, and, and get involved, as I, as I understand it, yeah. to, uh, to Vietnam, and it was completely fabricated. Uh, so it was that comes, a big lie, right? That comes out later, and that's pretty earth-shattering news because fifty thousand Amer- Americans aren't withholding their taxes, right? Right, fifty thousand <laughs> American troops died in Vietnam, and then you know what, a million or something Vietnamese? I don't know what their numbers no, were. Some, it was a lot more hor- horrifying it was, number. It was a lot more, and so you know, a horrible amount of people died in Vietnam, all based on essentially the government wanting to get into war. So it's not it's not unfathomable that the government may have had some uh, some role in uh, in 9/11. I again, I don't take that position. I don't take any position. The position I take is that whatever the truth is behind 9/11, the fact is what happened as a result is the government has gotten larger, more intrusive, more oppressive, and more expensive than it ever has. And you're right, Mark. Nobody decided to boycott the government in general. I mean, as a general uh, statement, uh, people still paid taxes. People still obey. Even after they've learned about all of this corruption and all kinds of, you know, Gulf of Tonkin, you name it, uh, you know, JFK, Oklahoma City, all the, you know, the, the, the horrific things they've done that we know about, burning those folks over at Waco, uh, killing the guy and uh, his family at uh, uh, killing uh, the, the Weavers at uh, Ruby Ridge. Ruby I mean, Ridge. There's so much well, violence. Don't, don't forget the memo that's come out from, uh, you know, prior to World War II, where Roosevelt says, you know, is, is they're trying to, what is the Marshall memo? They're mm-hmm. trying to figure out how it is they can draw japan into attacking them they wanted it they yeah. wanted it they now did. i'm not saying that they faked this uh the, the attack on pearl harbor that no, would be a pretty big but conspiracy. they maneuvered uh the circumstances into where it would be as likely as it could possibly be they, they wanted it to happen there's so much evidence that these government guys want to get into war and are willing to do whatever it takes and the conspiracy crowd seems to believe that if we can just reveal this one conspiracy that it will turn people against the evils of the the u.s government and then they'll elect good people like Ron Paul. So I think they're a little bit uh, disillusioned, perhaps, a little deluded about... uh, Yeah, deluded would be the right word. 800-259-9231. You take control. It's the Saturday edition of Free Talk Live. 
Notorious space pirate Phoebus Crumb had retired to a frontier world, only to see it destroyed by raiders. Now, Crumb is given a new ship, a new crew, and a dangerous new mission. Infiltrate deep within enemy territory and destroy a deadly dreadnought that threatens the balance of galactic power. Follow the illustrated adventures of L. Neal Smith's Phoebus Crumb online now at BigHeadPress.com slash PK. Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program. We're here to take your phone calls you about whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. And we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. We give you all the features on the site for free, including show archives. If you've missed a moment of the program, you can listen in online. It'll cost you nothing. You just click and download the last week's worth are right there on the front page of the site. You then click into the archive section, and it'll take you all the way back to late 2006, all courtesy of HostGator at freetalklive.com. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. We've created a portal over at FreeTalkLive, uh, freetalklive.com. That's hostgator.freetalklive.com. And if you go through hostgator.freetalklive.com, you will get your first month completely free. Um, you can create your very own website over there with their free site builder tools and templates. It doesn't matter whether you're one a personal blog or complete e-commerce business website. Let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. All right, so we're going to continue here taking your phone calls. Uh, started out uh, by addressing the elephant in the room of uh, 9-11 and talking about the real reasons why it happened. And uh, the real reasons have nothing to do with them. Hey, they hate our freedoms. They may very well hate our freedoms. But, um, I, you know, they, they, if, if so, That's they never hate- been said as I mean, it's never been stated who, as who the are they is, is really the they the, meaning osama bin laden and his buddies i'm sure osama bin laden isn't doesn't have much love uh for the united states before or after 9-11 he probably secretly watches porn that's made here in the u.s you think yeah i don't think i don't know if he's, he's probably eating satellite links. i don't think so no well anyway <laughs> So we're talking about the real reasons that happened. The real reasons that happened uh, have to do with the fact that the U.S. government has been meddling in other people's affairs around the world. That's uh, what the CIA is there for. Anybody who doesn't think the CIA and other and uh, DARPA and, uh, and the NSA and the, what, what is it, the DIA, all, all these organizations are out uh, that they aren't out there messing in other people's business. How angry would you be if some uh, some foreign government troops came in? and uh, firebombed your neighborhood. Yeah, they were just looking for terrorists. Yeah, your house burned down in the firebombing and your your ch- children were exterminated. But, hey, they, there was a terrorist hiding in that neighborhood somewhere. And so, well, that's why they were here to do it. They, it's kind of you know, how it goes in Afghanistan yeah. these days. How would you feel about that? Now, imagine that happening over a period of decades to multiple family members and friends and and uh, or finding out that you might get uh, tired of it. Yeah, you might get a little yeah, bit. It's not all the United it. States doing this. There aren't stormtroopers no. running all over the Middle East. But the United they're States funding they're people funding who are doing the that. Uh, Israel, which is uh, has attacked its neighbors and been attacked back yeah. and forth. There's a war going on, but there's no reason for United States citizens 
tax money to go to support any nation, none, and that includes Israel. Let's go to the phones in the fun. Jeff listening in Kentucky to WKCT. Hello, Jeff. How you doing, sir? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Actually, I wanted to uh, reinforce this whole idea about us meddling in foreign nations and foreign powers. I'm a Iraq veteran from 2004, and me personally, I would say that we had no business being over there, and that's just my personal view. But what I am now is a student at uh, West Kentucky University, and I am an Islamic studies um, student right now. And one of the things that we had to do for our uh, Quran class last semester is study the Osama bin Laden supposed letters after the 92 World Trade Center bombing and after 9-11, and basically the ones that the government posted to saying that this is proof that Osama bin Laden and al-Qaeda did it. But uh, the fact of the matter is, is right on that website, which came off the CIA homepage, says there's no proof that Osama bin Laden even wrote these papers, and it came from Intel Center. And the fact of the matter is, if you read through that list that they gave, according to Sharia law and according to Islamic law, those are justifications for war. And he went down naming Operation Ajax in Iran in 56 and the USS Liberty bombing in Israel in, um, I can't remember what year Wasn't that was. was that 70- the late 80s? Uh, it was 70-something. Okay, sorry about that. But uh, And it also Al Qaeda, uh, the formation of Al-Qaeda in us supporting both sides of the war in Iran-Iraq war. I mean, he went right down the list stating jurisprudentially or ter- according to jurisprudence, why he felt, or should I say this paper, uh, like I said, they can't prove that Osama mm-hmm. bin Laden wrote it, but went to war with us on 9-11. And according to that doctrine and according to Islamic doctrine, that is completely within the bounds of militant jihad. And there's two different types of jihads. Most people don't know that. But there's two different types of jihad and the physical strug- struggle that the Muslim world supposedly is conducting against the Western world right now is due to the fact that we've meddled in everything since BP went in and tried back when it was called Iranian uh, um, Iranian oil back in under Mohammed Mosaddegh. So well, when you say we've of, meddled, you mean the U.S. federal government has meddled. I guess yeah. you were involved because you did join the military. But are you a member of Iraq Veterans Against the War nowadays? I'm curious. Uh, no, I'm not. Me personally, I don't belong to any type of group because once you mm-hmm. start correlating yourself with groups, you start giving your own opinion over to their ideology, and I don't want to pick up anybody else's ideology. It's a, it's so. a fair, that's a fair answer, I would say. Um, what did you observe while you were there? I mean, uh, were, were you gung-ho when you went over? Did you change your viewpoint? Or did you just get into it and, uh, you know, to, to pay for college, and then, whoops, there's yeah. a war. What's your story? Well, I joined in 98, um, and right then, that's when the U.S. Embassy bombings happened in Afghanistan. And we didn't really know too much about it because I was in basic training. I went to pull a tour in Kosovo right after the air war in 99, which come to find out we were funding that one with the Islamic fundamentalists in Kosovo, come to, which is a whole nother story. Yep. And then I went and pulled another tour in 2002 in Kosovo. And I reenlisted in 2001 in July, in August of 2001. And three months later, 9-11 happened. And the crazy thing about it is, is the military locked everything down. No news coming in, no news coming out. I was stationed on Fort Campbell, and we were getting ready for war. And we didn't know anything. Uh, the last thing we saw on CNN before they cut the news broadcast off on post was the towers falling. And the next thing you know, we're sitting on the airfield, airfield getting ready to go break our foot off in somebody's butt. And 
time went by, time went by, nothing happened. A couple airplanes left off with special forces on them, but that was it. Later we found out they were going to Afghanistan, and one of the questions that popped into my mind at that time was, why are we going to Afghanistan? It went away. I totally forgot about it. Like I said, it was in 2002. I was sitting in Kosovo again. Iraq war kicks off. And we go into Iraq in 2004 as the second rotation in, and that's when the insurgency war kicked off. And what most people don't understand is most of the insurgents in Iraq are not al-Qaeda. As a matter of fact, al-Qaeda didn't even exist in Iraq until we got in there because Saddam Hussein was keeping them out of the country because Saddam Hussein was Sunni, al-Qaeda Shiite. Right. So, you know, they didn't like each other. They didn't even want, you know, al-Qaeda in there. So we go in there, dismantle the government. All these Shia uh, terrorist groups come flying in, and all heck breaks loose. Well, we start crushing the Shia insurgency. Well, all of a sudden, you start having the random guy in the street start fighting us. And the reason the random guy in the street was fighting us, as a squad leader, I was told by an imam, and granted this could be my translator lying to me, I don't know, I didn't speak Arabic at the time, but the fact of the matter is this imam told me, you know, we've been around for a thousand years, we've had handled our own problems, we'll handle this after you leave. It is your duty to leave us now so we can fix our own country. Yeah, the the polls really showed that. I think it was in 2004 um, that a, a poll came out. Through, it was through some British British organization that basically showed that around 75% of Iraqis wanted us out of the country, and I think it was 55% of them wanted us out so badly that they would be willing to use guns to get us out. So um, that's, you know, that, that's well, how they felt. It's the same correlation as if a foreign army came in and invaded us. Like, Absolutely. if someone in the world right now thought, whoa, the United States government has gone out of control, their people can't I, handle I their think business, and a foreign country came in and invaded us, every person on the street would pick up arms to defend this country. Thanks yes, for the call I tonight. Agree. I appreciate hearing from you. You can't fight a land war in the United States of America where there's just as many guns as there are people. Toll-free number here, 800-259-9231. Uh, 300 Man. million guns in the United States. Great call. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate it. 800-259-9231. You heard it from a man who's been on the ground in Iraq there. And you can take control of the airwaves here tonight. This is the live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live at 800-259-9231. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Ovaltine. Give your kids the nutrition they need to be their best. Visit us at OvaltineUSA.com. Telling your child about healthy food choices is important, but showing her what to eat goes a lot further. Have her help create the grocery list, then bring her to the store with you. Picking out healthy foods together helps kids get in the habit of thinking about what they're eating every day. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash your family today. This is the live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live, and you are invited to take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And we give you the features on the site free. If you want to help support the show, you can promote us. Go to promote.freetalklive.com and you'll get a list of things that you can do to help get Free Talk Live into more ears around the world. Go to promote.freetalklive.com. We've been talking about the uh, Iraq war and there are precious few candidates out there for political office that want to do anything to end 
any of these wars. That's right. You know, when you think, if you think for a second that the Democrats want to stop war, you're out of your mind. And all you have to do is take a look at the at uh, current events over the last two years. The Democrats have been in charge, If uh, Obama being the, the commander-in-chief, if he really wanted to stop this stuff, he absolutely could. If you were to name off uh, the, well, you know, the top five worst politicians in the United States, chances are good you'd come up with Nancy Pelosi somewhere in that top five. Uh, there's a candidate. His name's John Dennis. He's running against Nancy Pelosi. You can unseat the uh, the wicked witch of San Francisco by donating to John Dennis's campaign. You don't live in San Francisco. Chances are very good. We are not on the air in San Francisco. Maybe you're getting the podcast mm-hmm. um, and, and downloading there. But chances are very good. If you're hearing my voice, you don't live in San Francisco. Chances are also good you're a United States citizen and you can donate to anybody who's running for office in the United States. And that includes... John Dennis. Go to johndennis2010.com and support the Republican that is running against what, for what is, far, as far as I'm concerned, the worst Democrat uh, that is currently holding office in the United States. It's johndennis2010.com. He's holding a money bond bomb, and all he has to do. Pelosi's not even really campaigning. She doesn't believe she can be unseated. All he has to do is get some name recognition. He's already uh, generated a great more than a million dollars for his campaign at this point. That's pretty good for a congressional campaign. And uh, help help him out by donating there at johndennis2010.com. All right. We're going to continue here uh, with your calls about what you want. Steve is listening in Virginia. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Steve. Hey guys, I was really Im- nice to talk to you tonight. I was really impressed with Jeff. I was like, "Wow, this guy seems really informed." And uh, so I was, yeah. yeah, I was pretty encouraged to hear some of the things he said. I mean, just about what he said, it kind of, you know, educated me on a couple things. I think me but, too. But um, I just was wanted to say um, that I, I kind of thought that the um, these, the, you know, the first responders or whatever you want to call them, these cleanup crews down there at 9-11 who are getting sick from whatever they breathe in and all this and that. Nothing good. I just kind of, I, I think they're calling it ground zero syndrome. Yeah. I hope you don't think I'm a kook for bringing it up, but I. No, I think that that's, it's absolutely legitimate. Um, I mean, you know, these, these guys who admittedly are government bureaucrats have been sitting around um, collecting really big paychecks up until that time did what they were supposed to do on 9-11. They did what we paid them to do. And as far as I'm concerned, that's absolutely is heroic. They were running in those buildings when they were coming down. And I think that the, that they've, they've made a deal with the governments where they are and they deserve to be compensated right i was i was just and and the workers that cleaned it all up too they were getting sick and you know so just seemed like um that that i just felt that maybe should have been a bigger story um i don't know it seemed like the mosque thing and the the burning of the quran were kind of inflated yeah. somehow yeah. and that story was sort of left on the back burner about it, those guys who it, were sick but if it but, bleeds it leads you know that's just the nature of uh, of, of major media yeah, yeah, well, I mean, I know. And then I was, I'm not going to say the name of the website, but I was at this one website that was that showed uh, or that quoted what the, I guess, the 9-11 Commission said about it. And I think it echoed what you guys said that, uh, I mean, everyone that I read, and I don't think that they were taken out of context. It didn't seem like it, but it said basically they agree with what you guys were saying, that the full truth well, we, we don't really know all the truth or the, maybe, I don't know what all the factors in 9-11 or maybe what really happened or something. I mean, it sort of jived with that. And I was like, wow, you know, this is like, these are the commission members that are actually saying this stuff. So I, 
I don't know. I found that interesting. Um, you know, it's just a matter of me. I've just been doing some investigating. Of course, it's nothing special, but it, I've been coming more informed, and I happened to read that, and it, I was kind of taken aback because I really wasn't aware until I read it that the the 9-11 Commission members had actually, you know, were actually agreeing with what you guys said, that we, we don't know the whole story, and well, so anyway, I just wanted to bring that up and just echo thing, what you were, what you had said. Yeah, we, we, you know, here's the one thing that you can uh, be certain of is that the United States government, portions of the United States government, people in the government knew uh, what was happening as before 9-11. They knew that these, these guys were doing what they were doing. The government didn't listen to itself because it is a big bureaucratic mess. It's a lot easier to go get a donut and coffee and take a break. <laughs> right, and, and uh, they, the, the foreign intelligence agencies tipped the government off. The Israeli government actually uh, had uh, agents on site in the United States. They were Following the, uh, the, the, they knew what was going to go on. They didn't tell the United States government because, well, that would have been contrary to what their wishes are, which is to have the United States more involved into in the uh, the Middle East conflict. So all these things, these things are not disputed. But the fact is, sadly, the American people continue to believe that somehow, and I'm not saying it's the United States government. I'm saying it's any government. Governments are inefficient organizations that are staffed full of people that do not have responsibility for their actions. You didn't see anybody getting fired and losing their jobs over 9-11. I don't remember. No, that was, that didn't happen, and it's not going to happen. Even if they do do sacrifice a couple of bureaucrats now and then. Oh, but Mark, they did create a whole new bureaucracy. They reorganized the entire. Uh, they created the Department of Homeland Security. It was the biggest reorganization the security apparatus of government has has had in the last hundred years, or something right. like that. And this one will be efficient, right? <laughs> That's why the Department of Homeland Security was going around a couple of years ago, uh, bothering stores that were selling off-brand Rubik's cubes. I mean, this is this. Yeah. Is, you know what these organiz- this is what the government does it is an inefficient organization that is not responsible for its actions and it is very very sad to me the United States uh, people citizens continue to expect that somehow this is going to change it's going to turn around so Steve do you have anything else you want to share tonight yeah I just wanted to say that um, and thanks for letting me participate guys and just give me this last comment I appreciate it um, or a question um, it seems like that Things and that's the way you're saying it is definitely accurate. I just want to think, see, ask you if you see it this way. It seems like in a lot of areas, uh, things seem to be like highly compartmentalized in the intelligence agencies and stuff. I mean, they weren't sharing information. Supposedly they are now, but as far as I don't know if you want to call it black ops or dark budget, whatever they call it, black budget thing that you know goes on every whatever they they put all this money to that it just seems like to me i mean is it possible to you guys that there's some kind of rogue element in our government that maybe had some kind of collusion in this situation uh and to some degree i don't know what i mean I just was wondering what you guys thought about that. Thanks for the call, Steve. Appreciate yep. it. Um, I don't. Uh, the, the answer is, who could know? How could you ever prove if it was if it was true? At this point, you're you're delving into the area of speculation and fiction. Um, I I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard for me to imagine that American citizens would participate in that. You know, uh, that that they would think it was a good idea to murder three thousand American citizens on nine eleven two thousand and one, but Hey, 
I don't know for sure. And uh, I do know that I think it was, I think, well, that it's a trillion dollars a year at this point is completely unaccounted for. And I suspect a great deal of it is going into black ops. That's uh, the United States government doesn't even know where it's going. So, uh, you know, what? how are these things getting funded? Oh, they're getting funded plenty. Yeah, the, the, the term rogue... Uh, when applied to government, uh, it kind of it seems a little silly to me. I mean, th- this is a criminal organization. The, the government is a, a group of people that is operating in a criminal manner. The idea that there would be some sort of rogue group that is somehow uh, significantly different from the whole seems a little bit unlikely. Are there maybe, like you're saying, Mark, some off the book stuff going on? I don't know. Maybe so, but it's likely they're still doing violent things just like uh, the rest of the government. So I think the suggestion that the regular government's not so bad, but there's this rogue government that's out there and they're doing horrible things. I I think it takes away attention from what the the regular government that we can all see is doing, all the horrific things that they are doing. It's all out in the open. Right. One thing's for sure is that uh, the regular government may not be interested, may may not be uh, willing Willing to morally assassinate 3,000 of its own citizens. But what it will do is it will use the force of arms to threaten to steal from every single one of its citizens uh, a certain amount of their of their labor, of the money that they work for on an annual basis. Subjects, I think, is a better word. So, whatever. What, uh, serfs. Because yeah, there are no citizens. Well, I, they, they, they use that term. That's, they uh, do use that term. They would like you to believe that, that you, term. Right. They would like you to describe yourself that way. Because I think creates, that citizen, citizenship still indicates ownership of the government over you. Yeah, but it has a, t- a sort of a suggestion of allegiance, uh, and there's no obligation on their part to protect you, so there is no citizenship. I, I understand your definition yeah. of it, but uh, the when a, ro- when a word gets misused so much, sure, it, it develops its own definition. Oh, I understand that, but uh, it deserves to be uh, redefined. 800-259-9231. Hour 2 coming up next. It's Free Talk Live. Now tell me again how this country is the land of the free How would you like to use the power of mass media and popular culture to send an anti-statist message straight to the heart of middle America? It's easy to do. Just request this song on the radio. Hi, I'm John Ringer, and let me tell you about my crazy idea. I wrote a song called My Country, My Ass. I sent this song to over 600 radio stations nationwide. Then I made a web page with links for contact and email for all the radio stations. My goal is nothing less than to change the psychology of the entire country. But I can't do it alone. I need your help. All you have to do is use the internet to request the song. Radio stations aren't like the government. They care what their listeners think. To request the song, just go to MyCountryMyAss.com. It's easy. That's MyCountryMyAss.com. This song is my message. Is it yours? Why don't you tell those jerks in Washington to stick their laws where the sun don't shine? This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition of the program. We are launching into the second hour of the show. You can take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features on the site totally free. So enjoy those on us. Uh, And by the way, the main feature of the site allows you to interact with our other listeners by finding uh, something online that you think is pretty cool. You want to share it with our listeners. You go and you essentially link to it through our site. 
And it shows up on our site. Other listeners then vote on whether they like or dislike your suggestion. And the most liked will make it to the front page and the top of the website at freetalklive.com. Uh, you can go there right now and you can see that uh, there's some uh, there's some great stuff that I don't know if we're going to get to tonight. But uh, everything from magic mushrooms may ease anxiety of cancer to uh, the Prince of Pot, Mark Emery, sentenced uh, to prison. All kinds of stuff there. Go and take a look at freetalklive.com. Last hour, Mark, we started out the show uh, by addressing the, the 9-11 situation. Uh, the, why did it really happen? Uh, what it, is it really true what the government said that uh, they hate us because of our freedoms? Well, no. No, that's that's not really true. The reason uh, why, in, in short, and we actually read an excerpt of one of uh, Osama bin Laden's long rambling uh, speeches, but uh, the reason is because of the U.S. federal government meddling in those other countries' business, funding people that are killing people over there, sending uh, Marines and Army people to, um, and uh, military folks to go and kill people directly over there, murdering, meddling, that frankly, pisses a lot of people off, as it might upset you if your family were murdered by, say, Chinese troops coming in and firebombing your neighborhood uh, on the auspices uh, or under the auspices of uh, trying to root out terrorists or something like that. And so that's why it doesn't justify killing. And, you know, violence doesn't justify more violence. I think that turning the other cheek would be a good idea, but it's understandable why they get angry, why uh, they would be upset, why they would want to strike back. And uh, and indeed, until somebody breaks that cycle of violence, violence does tend to beget violence. And uh, and that's what we're seeing, right? I mean, so uh, so there was violence initially, and then there was violence uh, to follow, and now people are upset about that. I'm not even ass- assigning blame here, but let's assign some blame, Mark. Let's go back in the past a little bit. Go go a little further back beyond the 1980s and see exactly what is some of the history of what happened over in the Middle East, because they just don't tell you about uh, all that stuff on Fox News or yeah. CNN. So I've got here a, a timeline, and this is just a portion of the timeline. Where does it come from? Uh, well, I, I don't have the the website here. I've already okay. cut it and pasted it, I so see. I you know I, I don't have it here. But you can go look for it. Is all you have to do is take some of the verbiage that I that I'm talking about here. Mm-hmm. You could you could say short timeline of middle of U.S. involvement in the Middle East. If you uh, just use one of the search engines out there, startpage.com is a great one. You'll uh, you'll find this. So in uh, 1920 to 1928. This is a long time ago. This is the Roaring Twenties, when everybody was so busy making money down on Wall Street that they didn't pay attention to the fact that the Federal Reserve had uh, allowed the uh, the Wall Street tycoons to crash the economy in 29. U.S. pressures Britain, then the dominant Middle East power, remember Lawrence of Arabia, into signing a red line agreement providing that Middle Eastern oil will not be developed by any single power without the participation of the others. So, well, the the, the Western uh, you know countries say that's our oil over there, and we're going to sign an agreement that says that we, of course, you know, we'll, we'll all have to work together to develop this uh, this oil. Standard Oil and Mobile obtained shares of the Iraq Petroleum Company. Uh, the caller previously, uh, Iraqi, uh, Iraq Petroleum Company, he had mentioned that in his uh, in his call. 1932 to 1934, oil is discovered in Bahrain, Saudi Arabia, and Kuwait, and the U.S. oil companies obtained concessions there, too. In 1944, 
U.S. State Department memos refer to Middle Eastern oil. By the way, uh, Smedley Butler mentioned his involvement. Uh, this is the two-time Medal of Honor winner, Marine. And this is the Marine that every Marine in boot camp says goodnight to. This guy is a hero. Smedley Butler. Just go check out his book, War is a Racket. He mentions that he was a well, essentially a government-paid strongman for Standard Oil. And he's so, you know, this is this is the situation that he's talking about here. So 1944, State Department memo refers to Middle Eastern oil as a stupendous source of strategic power and one of the greatest material prizes in the whole world. Let me pause you right there. So 1944, they've identified that this particular area is a hot spot, that this is somewhere they want to focus for the purposes of expanding their power. Right. So it's not about uh, stopping some mad dictator, because there's some mad dictator in a lot of countries around the world. This dictator, in this case, uh, Saddam Hussein, that they installed, and of course you can go back to the uh, the Shah, and I'm sure that that'll be mentioned here in, in a bit. Shortly. But, uh, but uh, you know, they, this is only relevant to the the government people because of the power involved, because of the money and the power. It doesn't have anything to do with rescuing those poor folks from their uh, you know the terrible right. despots. It's absolutely true. Wars uh, wars previously uh, up to say the Crimean Crimean War and uh, uh, you know around that time were. Uh, fought for a, a lot of times for salt because, in fact, you needed salt to store meat so that you could have those wagons full of meat follow your soldiers so that your soldiers could continue to fight uh, for glory and land and prizes for the for those in charge. Up at that point, then things began to change. Now, what do uh, what does what do armies uh, you know what do, what do they survive on armies now? It's clear. Diesel fuel. Right now, <laughs> diesel fuel costs $100 a gallon in Afghanistan in order to transport it up there. And they're using Good it. Lord. to Right. $100 <laughs> a gallon. And they're using it. Get this. Among other things, among so many other things, to power generators that are, use, that are running air conditioners that are air conditioning tents. Mm. What an incredibly bad idea. Air conditioning a tent at $100 a gallon. It's not bad when you don't have to pay for it. Right. They don't have to pay for it. The military industrial com- complex doesn't pay for it. They just make the things that go kaboom and that you have to buy after you, uh, you know, make the, the last one go kaboom. The United States government doesn't pay for it because it is a, it is a fantasy organization created by, well, a bunch of old guys that have been dead a long time. Um, so the United States government doesn't pay for it. It uses you and your money to pay for it. It's the uh, war has turned around. It's the opposite of what it used to be. It used to be that you would go out, you'd conquer people, you'd take slaves, you get labor and riches from the places you conquered. We don't do that anymore because that would be immoral to take things. Uh, you, you don't see you don't see the United States going in and and just taking everything that's in Afghanistan. No, they don't do that. That would be immoral. What it, what is moral now is to is to tax the crap out of your own citizens um, in order to pay moral. for these things. That's stealing. Well, that's it's what they're doing, and nobody's raising a ruckus about it. Let's continue with the timeline. Okay, so 1944. <laughs> right, as uh, as I was saying, from uh, 1944. So the, uh, the control of the Middle Eastern oil. President Roosevelt sketches out a map of the Middle East and tells the British ambassador, "Persian oil is yours. We share the oil in Iraq and Kuwait. As for Saudi Arabian oil, it's ours." <laughs> it's that's that's what they think about the uh, these people in this area is Absolutely. that they can just divvy a, them up. Take a look on the maps. The maps are drawn in straight lines. Mm. 
I mean, the Middle East, there aren't that many little lines that are squiggly all over the place, marked by boundaries like mountains and, and rivers and things like that. They're drawn in straight lines. Somebody drew those straight lines. The guy who drew those straight lines... He was uh, of Western origin. He's a white guy in, the, in, you know, in that time frame. Between 1948 and 1960, Western Capital earns $12.8 billion in profits from the production, refining, and sale of Middle Eastern oil on a fixed um, investment of $1.3 billion. So they turned a tidy profit. Now, it wouldn't be a big deal uh, if the, if, if the United States government, excuse me, if the uh, corporations or the, the businesses that wanted to invest in oil just whenever they're invested in it and provided for their own security, that wouldn't be a huge issue because they wouldn't have been able to redraw lines on maps or anything like that. If it was just about going over and investing in companies, well, that would be private business and that would be up to them. Yes. So. But it's oh. these private businesses using the United States military yeah. with, uh, you know, through the politicians that they have to in their take. back pocket to, to, to use the military as their own security source and to do whatever they want. And for stealing, too, right? To, uh, to acquire resources. We will see that here um, as the, uh, the replacing rivals and waging war and national liberation goes on. Yeah, this is certainly not the free marketplace in action. Uh, this is corporatism. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. In times of economic instability, precious metals are the best hedge against inflation and can be a great investment opportunity. Bullion Investment Corporation is the gold standard in precious metal acquisition. Whether you're in the market for gold, silver, platinum, or palladium, you can leverage up to 400% by taking advantage of the Purchase Power Program. And don't forget about the low price guarantee. BIC will meet or beat the price of any other broker. Bullion Investment Corporation, proudly serving our clients for over 25 years. For more information, call Bullion Investment Corporation now at 1-888-486-1275 or visit goldbullion.net. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in and take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. 800-259-9231. Join us online. We've got a wiki with over 2,000 pages that have been created by listeners like you. You can edit virtually anything that you see there. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com. W-I-K-I wiki.freetalklive.com. My son, Jack, he's a little less than two and a half years old, just just shy of two and a half years old. And he can read. He can read all of his letters and uh, not excuse me, not all of his letters, all of his colors and all of his shapes. Um, and we have we bought. The, he's, he's not, by the way, some kind of super genius either. He uh, in fact, he's, he was uh, probably behind most of the kids in his little mommy and me group as far as uh, verbal skills. He developed a little later. It is not his skills. It is this babyreadingkit.com that we, that my wife and I uh, found. We stumbled upon it. We were, you know, we saw their competitor on the television and, um, you know, read some reviews we didn't like about their competitor. <laughs> so we looked for something different and it's babyreadingkit.com. We've, uh, we've been using it with him since before he was two years old and all he does is he loves these videos. They're very interactive. He, he enjoys them thoroughly. And then you use the, the flashcards that come along with it. You don't even have to use them every day by any stretch of the imagination. He learns from the videos, and then it's a fun little game to play, his, uh, play with his flashcards. He picks them up and brings them to my wife in order to play. So it's not like you're, you're forcing this on your child or anything. These are great. They work. 
babyreadingkit.com. If you, uh, I believe there's uh, there's a money back guarantee. If you don't like it, if it doesn't work for you, go check it out. Babyreadingkit.com. On there is actually a video of my son uh, reading. It's been it's 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 a little old, a few months old, but uh, reading the, his flashcards. And you will after you see it, all the skeptic skepticism will fly away. Babyreadingkit.com. All right, we're going to continue here. Uh, of course, we will take your phone calls about whatever you want. We're going to continue the. Uh, the timeline in a moment, but first to the phones and the fun. We're, we're giving you the timeline, by the way, of uh, U.S. interventionism over in the uh, the Middle East. Let's first, though, talk to ladies first. Debbie, listening in Charleston to WSCFM. Hello, Debbie. Hi. Hey there. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, well, I just wanted to talk about, and I and I and I'm concerned about safety, so I really don't tell everybody what I know and what I've learned. But when my kids were small, learning all kinds of things at home. I was a single mom, and you run into people who started talking about world order, and you, they started talking about um, world currency. And I think if you go all the way back to 33 and you go back to the Humanist Manifesto and then you go to the rewrite of the Humanist Manifesto in the 50s, you find out what they're teaching your kids in public school is junk. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to say there's Americans out there that um, – are part of the Tea Party that have started self-educating, and I think your program is great. I I think it lets people share. Great, I I agree with you that uh, the government schools are junk. Uh, the government schools are designed to indoctrinate people uh, into belief in government that government is necessary and government is good. Uh, that uh, government schools are also in the, this Prussian system that is designed to essentially crank out worker drones that will not question their circumstances in life and just kind of plug into the system. But I'm wondering about this humanist uh, thing that uh, that you mentioned. Yeah, I, I've I never heard of it. Never heard of that before. Okay, well, go back to 33, the Humanist Manifesto, where the earlier large families started taking over and made their declarations of how they were going to run the country. And then when you finish looking that one up, and it's tedious, um, go into 1955, I think, was the rewrite date when they added how they were going to limit population and how they were going to rule and run things. And then I started to question when my kids were small. I was a single mom, as I said, so I worked one or two jobs, and I told the schools, I'm a homeschool mom. I teach my children at home. You only get them because I have to work. And the schools knew this, and I participated helping the school and was on the school improvement team about education and picking books and all But when I could. But in reality, you need to take your child's mind, keep control of your child's mind, and let them know that... The school will add to what I teach you, but here's what well, I'm teaching I don't you. know if I want to take control of my child's mind. I think I'd rather set my – if I had a child and I don't, Mark, you do. You do. Uh, I'd rather set mine free and uh, allow uh, my children to uh, cr- you know, create what they, what they want and learn about whatever they want, well, not what necessarily No, I that's want. not what I meant. Yeah. I meant watch what others teach. And, and the big factor, if you watch in the schools and go back to when they changed history, which – was supposed to be real history and geography. And as soon as they made that social studies, then they could do what they wanted with that time and what was real knowledge and what wasn't. Well, what's interesting is you bring up humanism uh, in relation to the government schools. And, uh, of course, government schools were actually started by – was it the – I always get it backwards, Mark. Was it the Catholics trying to uh, control the Protestants? It was or the, the Protestants, Protestants that were outraged that Catholics were, were providing free schools. Yeah, so, this, this is some places in the, in the United States. Other places it, it started uh, more organically. 
Yeah, so I don't know if there's anything inherently wrong with the idea of uh, of humanism per se, but I definitely object to government schools, and I think you should get your kids out if you can. Thank you for the call tonight, Debbie. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Right, because no matter what you believe, the government school is go- is not going to teach it to your kid. They're going that's to teach much what they believe, and um, that's they have absolutely no checks and balances. Imagine for a second that there was something important to you that you wanted your kids and all the other kids at, in a public school system that you pay to run. Imagine if you wanted to change whatever it is that they're teaching into what it is that you believe. Can Good you luck. imagine the incredibly arduous task of whatever it is? I don't care whether it's uh, that we... Sex ed or like, Bible. You right, know, whatever. whatever. You, whatever it is that you believe. Whether you think that uh, square dancing ought to be taught in phys ed. Whatever it is. You've got to run for office. You've got to lobby. God. You've got to You'll form interest groups. you spend your whole life. And the administrators will do nothing but drag their heels and do whatever they can. Yeah. Even once you get it passed through legislation, Your kids will be they'll out of still do what it is that they want. They'll be out of the school by the time, you, yeah. if you ever were successful. Let's continue, though, with your phone calls and talk to Jack, listening to WVTS in Charleston, West Virginia. Hello, Jack. Jack. Hello? Hey, you're on the air. What's on your mind tonight? Yeah, I'd like to talk to you about your endorsing uh, some guy named Kersinage in San Francisco. <laughs> percentage in San Francisco? Have you looked him up? Yeah. No, but I don't plan to. Uh, I thought you guys were anti-government, and you thought the government should exist, should not exist, and now you're supporting candidates and stuff. Well, um... In this particular case, I think the, he means John Dennis. Yeah, right. John Dennis. Uh, John Dennis is is a candidate running for office in San Francisco. We don't normally support candidates yeah. on this program. The, the, we've had two politicians, two in the history, the eight year history of this radio program. We've had two politicians on these airwaves with us. Ron Paul was one of them. John Dennis is the other. So, can you imagine how special this politician must be if we're talking about him on the airwaves? Well, uh, possibly, but I thought you guys were allies that didn't believe in federal government. Have you ever uh, have you ever heard us say that uh, that that we were anarchists? No, I'm a voluntarist. No, but a lot I'm, of your philosophy does say that. Yeah, I don't vote in I don't vote federal, in federal elections, and I am a voluntarist. And I thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. Don't drive tonight, okay? Thanks. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. It's the live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live. In 2010, you were fighting for your rights. In 2019, we are fighting for our lives. The last illusions of economic stability have shattered, revealing the financial dystopia that lies beneath the surface. The Federal Reserve has run out of lies and out of time. Those who stand for liberty will right their wrongs or die trying. Get involved with the epic animated feature-length film, Silver Circle, at silvercirclemovie.com. Just remember, when they control the money, they control everything. This is the live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free and bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 
1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And we give you the features on our site for free, so enjoy those, including our Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing they are listeners of this program. If you're a lady listener, you can become part of the Shrine. You can get the details and see the Shrine over at shrine.freetalklive.com. Are you tired of reading about loss of liberty? Now for the first time, a novel showing how liberty can realistically triumph. Progress by Charles Stample. You can order a a copy today from Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com or for a free PDF of Part 1, write ProgressANovel at gmail.com. It's ProgressANovel at gmail.com and experience a libertarian revolution. It's Progress by Charles Stample. All right, let's continue here. Take your phone calls. Uh, We get a chance. We're going to come back to the timeline of uh, invasion or of meddling by the United States federal government in the Middle East. Yeah, invasion's not the right term. Just to give you uh, some idea of uh, exactly what has come before, because people are blissfully unawares of this. They don't teach this in government schools uh, because, well, again... (laughs) Might make the government look kind of bad. They don't teach much history in government no, they school. Really don't. They certainly don't make. They don't they certainly don't teach history in government schools that make the government look, uh, you know, like a tyrannical group of despots. Uh, let's continue though with your calls first and talk to Joe listening in Tallahassee to WFLA FM. Hello, Joe. Thank you, Joe. You're Thank on you the air. Take, Thank you for taking my call. My pleasure. Go for it. Enjoy your program very much, and I'm really happy to see what you're talking about. Because, uh, candidly, the majority of people don't have a clue. I remember when I was much younger, I read a book by Vance Packard called The Ugly American. And I thought, my God, I was relatively young. I thought, is our government doing that? It just seems it doesn't matter whether it's Allende. um, You can name almost every despotic uh, dictator at one time or another. This country has... uh, in some way supported, propped up, and then eventually, I think once they plundered the country or thought that they could do it, then they would uh, automatically turn against them. And I totally agree with your statement about, uh, you know, bombing uh, homes and civilians, uh, et cetera, things of that nature, uh, which are just unparalleled. If we had anybody come into this country and do anything like that, uh, it would be, it would be a state of war. Why are we surprised when other people react the same? I can't understand it. It's a great question. Why? I'm not surprised. Like I said on uh, on September 11th, uh, 2001, I woke up and heard that news and was was not shocked in the least. I was if I was surprised about anything, it was that it didn't happen sooner. I agree. Thanks for the call and the thoughts tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. With with that, let's take a moment and and jump back into this, Mark, here. The... uh the from informationclearinghouse.info. You want me to hit some of these? I've got some of them here in, in front of me. Uh, you know, that's fine. Okay. Uh, 1945 to 1955, uh, starting with 1946, when Harry Truman, the president at the time, threatens to drop a super bomb on the Soviet Union if it doesn't withdraw from Kurdistan and Azerbaijan in northern Iran. Now, take consideration. This is the president that has already dropped two of these things the year prior. Mm. So when this guy threatens to drop a super bomb on the Soviet Union for, well, essentially being where they ended up being in anyway, I think Kurdistan was a, a Soviet, uh, you know, one of their satellite nations there in, inside the USSR. Um, so 
I, I, I imagine they took that very seriously. 1947, November, the U.S. helps push through a U.N. resolution partitioning Palestine into a Zionist state and an Arab state, giving the Zionist authorities control of 54% of the land. At the time, Jewish settlers were about one-third of the population. Uh, so again, just meddling around, d- divvying up people's yep. uh, land. So this is where the Jew- the Jews are going to be in charge of this piece of land, and you guys, you're going to have this stuff over here. And they already said years earlier that they own all the oil in these uh, in these places, right? And these guys just acting like. And I I don't have a problem with. Uh, with with Jews having their own home state, what I have a problem with is people just d- arbitrarily deciding that uh, you know this 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 piece of land belongs to these guys. This one, this that, uh, uh, you know, who are these people to make these decisions? Nineteen forty eight, May fourteenth, uh, war breaks out between newly proclaimed state of Israel and Egypt, Iraq, Jordan, and Syria, who had moved troops into Palestine to oppose the partition of Palestine. Israel, uh, Israeli attacks force some eight hundred thousand Palestinians, two thirds of the population, to flee into exile into Lebanon, Jordan, Syria, Gaza, and the West Bank. Israel seizes seventy seven percent of historic Palestine, and the U.S. quickly recognizes Israel. March 29th of 1949, the CIA backs a military coup, overthrowing the elected government of Syria and establishes a military dictatorship under Colonel Zaim. That's a pretty big move. Yeah, the CIA backs a military coup, overthrowing the elected government of Syria. Yeah. Okay. Now, imagine for a second that you're a Middle Easterner. Try to imagine you are one of these people in this area. How do you feel about the United States being involved in Israel, their politics, backing them in these in the seven day war? How do you feel about the United States CIA disposing money, a, an elected weapons. yeah deposing an elected governmental uh, government in the nation of Syria? I mean, imagine how you feel about this. 1952, U.S.-led military alliance expands into the Middle East with Turkey's admission to NATO. 53, the CIA organizes a coup, overthrowing the Mossadegh government of Iran after Mossadegh nationalizes British holdings in Iran's huge oil fields. The Shah, Mohammad Rizi Pahlavi, is put on the throne, ruling as an absolute monarch for the next 25 years and torturing, killing, and imprisoning his political opponents. The man the CIA supported. Once again, you're a person who lives in the Middle East, and you see the United States CIA and its government deposing another government in Iran and then putting in their own puppet dictator. How do you feel about that? Or, and, and after that, then you do what you can to organize against this person, to, uh, you know, to rally against right. this uh, puppet, and you are, uh, your friends are being killed by this man. Sure. He's you having... know, when the United States government puts the Shah of Iran in, they don't give him the Bill of Rights and say, hey, you're going to go by this, pal. No. He, they didn't do that with Batista. They didn't do that with any of their client states. They don't believe in the Bill of Rights. They don't believe in it in the United States, and they, they only have to go by it because it's the Constitution to some extent here. But they sure don't believe it when they put some clients, uh, some ruler in some client state out there. We're not even, I mean, we're just barely getting into the mid-50s here. This is and the, the 50s, 1950s. The amount of meddling and murder and blood on the hands of these government bureaucrats in the, uni- in the United States government is is tremendous already and people wonder why the united states was attacked on september 11th let's continue with your phone calls we'll come back to the timeline if we get a chance uh, jim's on the line listening in indy to wxnt hello jim hello how's it going hey what's on your mind tonight 
Well, uh, I tend to agree with most of what you're saying. The problem I think you're going to have trying to bring this country back to its days of freedom is you've got a nation full of people who don't want to be free, period. Uh, that is a problem. Until, there are a lot of them. I don't know about full of them. <laughs> well, I, I mean, obviously people want to be left alone, but uh, my point uh, to the call screener was that, you know, we volunteered for this. We volunteered for the corporate government. We signed up for benefits. We got our Social Security card. Who's we? I mean, there's a uh, lot of we. I don't pay Social Security. All the people in, all the people in America. You're talking uh, about them. Well, you, you can right. say, you're, you're, you, can say you don't hate Social Security, but... When you install yourself as a corporate citizen and you declare allegiance, I don't take to a I don't take social. I install myself as a corporate citizen. I first well, of you all, volunteered. you volunteered. You have to go sign up for a card. They don't send you one. My you know, mom got my card when I was a baby. I agree. I got mine when I was fourteen to so, deliver newspapers. So I didn't sign up for no, anything. No, no, well, no. I was a baby. My, I am not a corporate citizen. If if I don't, I didn't sign a contract. You're missing. You're missing my point. When Social Security started, people jumped in line because it was such a great deal you only had to pay two percent of your income right. your employer but i don't had to pay social security 2%. i don't i don't pay it i don't pay it either thank you for the call tonight i appreciate it it's uh 800-259-9231 that's the SACL cai toll free line but i understand where he's coming from uh the government's created all these programs it's gotten people hooked on it and they've it's trained people to believe that we need the government it's free talk live Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition of the program. We invite you to take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And by the way, if you want to help support the show, you can do that by uh, shopping with us. Go to amazon.freetalklive.com. And get your shopping done. Uh, whatever it is you're looking to buy, Amazon probably sells it. Uh, they've got a whole bunch of stuff there in dozens of categories. Uh, head on over to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. And uh, whatever you buy, Free Talk Live gets a portion of the purchase. So even if it's a used item, we'll still get a cut uh, because we're essentially sending Amazon the business. And that's why you should enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Yeah, uh, the one of the main sponsors of Free Talk Live is uh, SACL CAI. The principal over there, Jason Osborne, is a huge fan of liberty. And, well, you know, he'll do whatever it takes to uh, support people that are talking about liberty. And his company, SACL CAI, if you, uh, if you want to help companies that help Free Talk Live, SACL CAI is a collections company. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. You can find out more about them by, by using the banner that's uh, the top banner at freetalklive.com. It's right there on the right-hand side. It's SACL CAI. All right. So we've been talking about uh, in uh, remembrance, if you will, of uh, September 11th and observation of uh, the September 11th, 2001 attacks. I thought it would be important, and Mark, uh, you agree, 
to come in tonight and talk about the real reason why it happened. No, it wasn't what the government told you. They told you that it was, they hate our freedoms. And sorry, not not the case, not the real reason why uh, the attacks happened. The real reason was because there had been decades and decades of uh, meddling and violence on the part of the United States federal government as far as what was going on in the Middle East. And violence we've been, and threats of violence. Lots of threats. Yes. And we've been uh, going through a uh, timeline brought to you by informationclearinghouse.info of uh, what really happened. They want you to believe that it all just started on September 11th, 2001. Like, oh my God, where did these come from? Well, there was a whole lot that precipitated this. And so we're going to continue here. Uh, this again from informationclearinghouse.info. We had taken you up to uh, 19, the 1950s, the mid-1950s, where in 53, uh, after uh, a few years after the CIA overthrew the elected government of Syria and established a military dictatorship there, uh, in 53, they also uh, formed a coup that overthrew the uh, Mossadegh government of Iran and put the Shah in uh, in the throne, who then ruled for the next 25 years right. and, and murdered, uh, killed, and uh, imprisoned and tortured his political opponents. Yeah, and by the way, this wasn't just going on in the Middle East. This was going on in South America and Central America at the same time. This is what the CIA does. 19... I don't know if it's what they still do, but it's certainly what they did. 56 uh, of Ju- July of 1956, after Egypt's nationalist leader, Gamal Abdul Nasser, receives arms from the Soviet Union, the U.S. withdraws promised funding for Aswan Dam, Egypt's main development project. A week later, Nasser nationalizes the Suez Canal to fund the project. In October, Britain, France, and Israel invade right. Egypt. Now, Suez Canal basically is how ch- ships get uh, avoid going all the way around the, the continent of a- Africa. This is a huge issue as far as shipping goes. So they evade, invade Egypt to retake the Suez Canal. President Eisenhower threatens to use nuclear weapons if the Soviet Union intervenes on Egypt's side. And at the same time, the U.S. asserts its regional dominance by forcing Britain, France, and Israel to withdraw from Egypt. Right. So um, the United States tells the Soviet Union, who's, uh, I, I guess, the way that a country at that time could become more powerful in the world would be to kind of playing the superpowers off of each other. You know, and there were two, the United, the, the, the NATO and the Soviet Union. So the U.S. says, oh, we're going to use nuclear weapons if the Soviet Union gets involved in NATO's uh, NATO countries invading Egypt. That doesn't sound like an act of war to someone. Mm. 1957, March 9th, Congress approves the Eisenhower Doctrine, stating, quote, the United States regards as vital to the national interest. Now, those are interesting words, aren't they? National interest. Whose interest? The nation. What is the nation? The politicians. That's right. So it's not your interest. It's not my (laughs) interest. When was the last time you had the same interests as politicians did? Come on. Exactly. Uh, And world peace. Right. World peace because you'll do what we tell you or we'll shoot you. The preservation of the independence and integrity of the nations of the Middle East. We want independence for the nations of the Middle East. Mm. April of 1957, after a anti-government rioting breaks out in Jordan, the U.S. rushes its sixth fleet to the eastern Mediterranean and lands a battalion of Marines in Lebanon to prepare for possible future intervention in Jordan. Later that year, the CIA begins making secret payments of millions of dollars a year to Jordan's King Hussein. Now, remember, uh, now we were, we weren't around for this, Mark, but there was, of course, the uh, the the scare of the missiles in Cuba, right, for, uh, back in the ni- the 1950s, wasn't 60, it? Late 60s. 60s. 
excuse me. I'm sorry. It was before my time. Uh, but remember the, the the fear that was uh, struck through the the population of the United States, especially the you know the folks living in Florida. That was the big one, right? At the time, uh, you know that, and that was because of this this buildup of violence that was going on not far off of the shores of the of the U.S. Imagine how you'd feel today if some foreign country was uh, was you know just putting troops out in the you know out not quite in the land of the United States yet, but just, you know, lining them up outside the Mexican border or uh, lining yeah. them up in Canada or Imagine battleships if, out uh, just kind of hanging out next to South Carolina. Imagine if uh, uh, Castro just makes a deal with uh, with Mexico. Not Castro, excuse me. Imagine if uh, China, who's who's the worst country out there right now? Uh, China, I don't know, North Vietnam, whatever. North yeah, Korea. North Korea, t- North Korea whatever. Um, you know, just makes a deal with Mexico and puts oh, 100,000 troops down there in Tijuana. How would that make you feel? Anyway, uh, we'll continue here. So in September of 1957, in response to the Syrian government's more nationalist and pro-Soviet policies, the U.S. sends the Sixth Fleet to eastern Mediterranean and rushes arms to allies Jordan, Lebanon, Iraq, Turkey, and Saudi Arabia. Meanwhile, the U.S. encourages Turkey to mass 50,000 troops on Syria's northern border. 1958, the merger of Syria and Egypt into the United Arab Republic, the overthrow of the pro-U.S. King Faisal II in Iraq by nationalist military officers, and the outbreak of anti-government, anti-U.S. rioting in Lebanon, where the CIA had helped install President Kamil Kaman and keep him in power, leads the U.S. to dispatch 70 naval vessels, hundreds of aircraft, and 14,000 Marines to Lebanon to preserve their stability. Yeah, the stability US- is what it's all about. Uh, as they determine, right? right. Uh, the U.S. threatens to use nuclear weapons if the Lebanese army resists. By the resists. way, what would have happened if, say, France had decided to side with the uh, Great Britain and preserve the stability of the colonies mm. in, the, in the United States in the late uh, 18th century? I mean, that's important. Stability, yeah. right? And to prevent the uh, an Iraqi move into oil fields of Kuwait and draws up secret plans for a joint invasion of Iraq with Turkey. The plan is shelved after the Soviet Union threatens to intervene. 1957. So again, another threat of uh, nuclear invasion, dispatching all kinds of military into uh, so-called sovereign land. Uh, in 1957, just acting like they own people. Just acting like they own everything. 1957 to 58, Kermit Roosevelt, the CIA and CIA agent in charge of the 1953 coup in Iran plots without success to overthrow Egypt's Nasser. Between July 1957 and October of 58, the Egyptian and Syrian governments and media announced the uncovering of what appear to be at least eight separate conspiracies to overthrow one or the other government to assassinate Nasser and or to prevent the expected merger of the two countries. So they kind of bombed on that one, but uh, nonetheless, eight separate attempts to uh, to meddle in the, in those cases. Sure. Now try to imagine if for uh, if somebody decided that they wanted to that there if there were several attempts by a foreign go- government to assassinate uh, our president. How would you feel about that? And let's assume that you you believe what the president <laughs> that you like the president. I, you know, th- this is going to make people very angry. 1960, U.S. works to covertly undermine the new government of Iraq by supporting anti-government Kurdish rebels and by attempting unsuccessfully to assassinate Iraq's leader, Abdul Karim Qasim, an army general who had restored relations with the Soviet Union and lifted the ban on Iraq's Communist Party. 1963, the U.S. supports a coup by the Ba'ath Party, soon to be headed by Saddam Hussein, by the way, to overthrow the Qasim regime 
including by giving the Ba'ath names of communists to, to murder. murder. Yes, the CIA g- g- you know, gave intelligence information to the Ba'ath party, to Saddam Hussein, in order to find people that he could murder who might be his political rivals. Armed with the names and whereabouts of individual communists, the National Guards carried out summary executions. Communists held in detention were dragged out of prison and shot without a hearing by the end of the rule of the Ba'ath its terror campaign had claimed the lives of an estimated 3,000 to 5,000 communists. 1-800-259-9231. Now, you may not agree with communism, but the way to uh, to fight communism is with ideas, not with bullets, not with violence. 1-800-259-9231. Hour number three is coming up. You take control. More history in a moment. Free talk. How long can you hold your breath? <sighs> not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of this, the live Saturday edition of the program. You can dial in toll-free and bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. And joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy uh, all the features there. You can actually get interactive in a variety of different ways. And one of those ways is uh, the front page of the site actually allows you to interact by taking uh, whatever story, uh, item of interest, video, blog post, something you find online, uh, something you like, you think our other listeners would enjoy. You submit it to the site and then other listeners vote on whether they like or dislike it. And the most liked will make it up to the front page of the website. Meaning more listeners are likely to see what your suggestion was. And we're more likely to see it here on the air and talk about it. So go over, get interactive at freetalklive.com. As always, we'll take uh, your calls about anything. It's a very historic, uh, historical-focused uh, edition of Free Talk Live. We're talking about the U.S. intervention in the Middle East. Of course, this is uh, September 11th. It's the ninth anniversary, if you will, of the attacks on, uh, on the, the World Trade Center and the Pentagon back from 2001. And I don't know what the rest of talk radio uh, has been talking about in regards to this. I imagine it's some maudlin uh, coverage of uh, playing 
heroic sounding music and you know worshiping uh, the troops and all that stuff yeah uh, well I, a lot of it's about the unity remember after 9-11 the unity that we were feeling in america that everybody was was uh, you know uh, black white christian jew we were all loving each other here in the united states we were all brought together with the firm and burning desire to attack anybody <laughs> who might have had something to do with this and uh, you know I, I, I when it comes to unity i don't want unity i'm not looking for unity because usually when unity comes that's when the taxpayer really gets it so they went over uh they bombed they killed and that's what they've been doing this past decade but that's not so different uh from what's been going on uh prior to this decade the u.s federal government and its meddling and intervention and bombings and killings and uh armings and assassinations and coups Across the last uh, almost 100 years, not I guess not quite 100, but uh, decades upon decades, that action, those actions have resulted in what is essentially blowback. And it's not to justify what happened on September 11th. Right. It's to just explain. I don't love the Muslims that killed people, innocent people in the United States. Killing innocent people is wrong. However... The expectation that if you support a government or at least turn a blind eye to the actions of a government, and that includes the CIA, if you turned a blind eye to them and, uh, you, you, and you can just expect to go on your happy little life without other people in other countries that think just as collectively as you do, us and them kind of way. They can't ignore it. They can't right. turn away from right. it. Right. Well, they're, they're, their families are being killed, and they're, they're, yeah. they're not being able to rule themselves, and they have no sovereignty. If you have the expectation those people are just going to leave you alone, you are sadly mistaken. I'll tell you what, America, here's a prediction. If you continue to let the CIA and the United States government meddle in the Middle East and all around, all around the rest of the world, telling other countries how it is that they have to go about ruling themselves, something like 9-11 is going to happen again. I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. 1966, uh, we're sharing with you a little bit of history uh, from informationclearinghouse.info, the stuff they're not going to teach you in uh, the government schools. They're not going to mention on the, the, the pro-government news channels here in this, uh, this country. 1966, U.S. sells its first jet bombers to Israel, breaking with the 1956 decision to not sell arms to the Zionist state. In 1967, June, with U.S. weapons in support, Israeli military launches the so-called Six-Day War, seizing the remaining 23% of historic Palestine, the West Bank, Gaza, and East Jerusalem, with, along with Egypt's Sinai Peninsula and Syria's Golan Heights. September 17th of 1970, with the U.S. and Israeli backing, Jordanian troops attacked Palestinian guerrilla camps, while Jordan's U.S.-supplied air force drops napalm from above. Mm. Can you imagine what that'd be like if you were involved in that? If you were the person that uh, was on the receiving end of that napalm? I can only imagine. If your family members, you came home, maybe maybe it, was, maybe it wasn't you. Maybe, maybe you were at work that day, and they only napalmed uh, the areas that uh, weren't the places where you were happening to be at that time. And you came home to find your family members' bodies charred. How would you feel about that? How would you feel about the country that supplied the weapons, the, uh, the government that supplied the weapons that uh, killed your family? Let's go to your phone calls uh, and talk to Patrick in Charleston, listening to WSC-FM. Hello, Patrick. Hey. Um, man, I, I really love the, the actual historical context and everything that you guys are providing. My father was a 25-year Army uh, veteran. We lived in Iran when I was 13. 
1963. Um, the, the perspective I want you guys to know, I mean, I love hearing everything else, but um, the Iranians loved America, and they loved the Americans. Um, they shot and killed... So two, two men uh, on a motorcycle shot and killed an American captain. And uh, the Shah, well, they had him rounded up. The Shah had them hung in Pahlavi Square, which is in uh, Tehran. It's where the large uh, bazaar and everything is, like a giant, the, most, the biggest open-air market you've ever seen, to set an example for what happens if you mess with the Americans. Now, that was the Shah's perspective, but when John Kennedy was shot, our our home, our, our the compound that we lived in, was completely covered in flowers from the regular people, the people like um, the man Ahmed and um, Mansoor, who was uh, our house person that my family paid to help clean the house, and um, Ahmed was our driver. They loved the Americans, and they now live in, and their families live in America. My family have kept up with them. So there is an aspect of the population that actually does um, respond and actually welcome the American intervention or the American presence. That may be true, but who sure. cares? The, I beg your pardon? That may be a true statement, but that doesn't justify violence, and it doesn't justify... I, I never, sir, sir, I never said it did. Okay, I mean, my, you're just making whole, an observation. I, the, the, way I started, the way I started was to explain it. I love to see the timeline gotcha. of how America has sure. actually... Um, they have, we have stuck our tentacles and our arms out in, into everybody else's um, issues, and like you said, we, we didn't really consider the blowback. And there and there is blowback always. And, Thank you for that. And right. I, you know, I, I welcome I welcome y'all's comments. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, there are people in uh, in, in Iraq that supported uh, the troops, I'm sure, as if, well. If Canada invaded here in the United States, there would be a certain segment of the population that would say, I, for one, welcome our Cana- new Canadian leaders. I mean, th- right. that... they're burning, they're burning Korans right now. <laughs> well, I don't yeah, think... Th- yeah. I don't think those people are, are the ones that are uh, likely no, to... No, 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 you're right, you're right, you're right. But they're similar. Yeah, yeah. I, but though they're, they're just I, an, another group of people that, uh, that want what they want and want to use the apparatus of government to get what they want. Think of how many more people would love Americans if none of the intervention had happened in the first place. Then they would just love us for having great movies and, uh, you know, uh, music and you know, all right, the wonderful right. things so that, that, that we can Guys, the problem right now is we're stuck with a world... That deals that has to deal with sixty-five to hundred years of intervention that was or wasn't, but it was misguided in some terms. No matter what side you're on, it's so just, we have to deal with what's what the aftermath of that is and try to find a way to find peace. Right, I agree I, with that. I agree with that completely. And here's an idea, right? Like maybe this isn't the the best idea in the world, but this is the best one I can come up with: is bring all the troops. Of all the United States uh, militaries, uh, whether it's Marines or soldiers, Air Force, everybody, stick them back on U.S. soil. By by U.S. soil, and, and, and the Russians, and the Russians, and Chinese as well. well as, as far as I'm concerned, Panama, Canal, I can't control Panama, them. Panama Canal, Panama Canal, Panama Canal. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on at the Panama Canal specifically, but uh, I do think that every, as far as I'm concerned, this is this is the only solution the United States can do anything about, is to bring all the troops home and then issue a statement. Hey, we're really sorry about being involved in your, uh, insert your government here, uh, in, in, in your business. It is now your problem. 
good luck. We're only going to, do, uh, you know, all of our citizens can trade freely with you, but our military is not going to be involved. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you, Patrick. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You take control of the airwaves. It's Free Talk Live. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpaks, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com. This is Free Talk Live, and it's the live Saturday edition of the program, inviting you to take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a webcam. It's free. You don't have to log in. You don't have to pay. It's just there. You just enjoy it at cam.freetalklive.com. You can actually interact with our other listeners as well because it's a chat room built into the same page as the cam. So go and interact and watch and listen all free over at cam.freetalklive.com. The webcam, by the way, brought to you by memorydealers.com. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your uh, networking and telecom accessory needs. They offer the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, XFPs, GBICs, Zenpacks, and X2s that are 100% compatible with all the major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off of list price. And for those of us who uh, don't know what an optical transceiver is, well, they also offer great prices and service on used networking equipment such as Cisco routers and switches. Go to go check them out at MemoryDealers.com. All right, so uh, we're continuing a history lesson here tonight uh, from InformationClearinghouse.info. This is the stuff they aren't going to tell you on uh, Fox News, on CNN, the pro-state media. Like, yeah, that's right. It's not liberal media or conservative media. It's pro-state. It's pro-government media. Anyway, uh, so they don't really want you to know about uh, what the U.S. federal government has been doing over the last several decades, over generations of uh, just meddling and messing with people's lives, destroying people's lives, destroying homes, destroying families, all in the name of power, all in the name of control, in the name of, uh, you know, their corporate, giving their corporate buddies access to resources that they'd otherwise have to maybe pay a lot more money to access. Sure, that's what, cam- that's what these campaign contributions are really all about. So we're coming down this list here, and, uh, and of course, your thoughts are, are welcome. Uh, we're, we've made it to the 1970s, and it's been a bloodbath up until this point, uh, with the, the U.S. Uh, funding all manner of various different uh, military uh, excursions. excursions and lots of threats. The CIA. The threats of nu- nuclear, uh, using nuclear arms in the, the Middle East right? on uh, the Soviet Union. Installing violent dictators in uh, various different places, uh, coups, military coups, uh, funding weapons. Refunding murder—it's just horrific. You know, this is there's only so much you can say here because you're glossing over all of the individual stories, all of the individual tragedies of the families that are torn apart, of the people that are murdered and tortured, raped. You, you, you were glossing over all that. We weren't there. We don't know all of that. 
We're giving you in one sentence what happened in a you know one month, three month, five month period of time. Yeah, sure. The CIA gives a big bundle of money and a bunch of uh, weapons to the Ba'ath Party and Saddam Hussein, and you know, I, as far as I'm concerned, that makes to some extent the United States taxpayer culpable for those acts. U.S. deploys. This is in 1970, September 17th. This is after they uh, they napalmed. Uh, the Palestinian uh, guerrilla, guerrilla camps, Jordanian troops attacked them while Jordan's U.S. supplied Air Force drops napalm from above. U.S. deploys the aircraft carrier Independence and six destroyers off the coast of Lebanon and readies troops in Turkey to support the assault. They threaten to use nuclear weapons against the Soviet Union if it intervenes. 5,000 Palestinians are killed and 20,000 wounded. The uh, massacre becomes known as Black September. 1973, U.S. rushes $2.2 billion in emergency military aid to Israel after Egypt and Syria attack to regain Golan Heights and Sinai. U.S. puts forces on alert and moves them into the region. When the Soviet Union threatens to intervene to pre- prevent the destruction of Egypt's Third Army by Israel, U.S. forces go to DEFCON 3 to force the Soviets to back down. 1973 to 75, the U.S. supports Kurdish rebels in Iraq in order to strengthen Iran and weaken the then pro-Soviet Iraqi regime. When Iraq and Iran cut a deal, the U.S. withdraws support, denies the Kurds refuge in Iran, and stands by while the Iraqi government kills many Kurdish people. 79 to 84, U.S. supports paramilitary forces to undermine the government of South Yemen, which was allied with the Soviet Union. And uh, then we get into the fall of the Shah and the Soviet invasion of Afghanistan. I mean, it just it just continues, and we're we're not even out of the uh, barely out of the seventies yet here. 1978, as the Iranian Revolution begins against the hated Shah, the U.S. continues to support him without reservation and urges him to act forcefully against the masses. In August of 78, some 400 Iranians are burned to death in the Rex Theater in in Abdan after police chain and lock the exit doors. On September 8th, 10,000 anti-Shah demonstrators are massacred at Tehran's Jales Square. That's a pretty significant event. 10,000 anti-Shaw demonstrators are massacred. At the hands of the United States federal government, at the support, with the, without reservation. Do whatever you want to to these people. We support you. Yeah, we've got to keep getting that oil. 1979, the U.S. tries, without success, to organize a military coup to save the Shah. In January, uh, the Shah is forced to flee, and the reactionary Shiite Islamists, led by Ayatollah Khomeini, take power in February. Now, try to imagine. Hold on just a second. Imagine if, if you've got the Shah. He's got all the backing of the United States government behind him, so he has a lot of power. Imagine the kind of group that has to rise up. To displace it, him? To displace him. It's going to be a terrible, despotic, horrible, nutty, uh, you know, a, a dedicated group of radical Killers. sickos. Yeah. I mean, that's the only thing that's going to get it out. Because sitting in Jihad Square, uh, Indian style, going, all we are saying is give peace a chance. We'll get you blown to pieces. We'll have your mother be, uh, you know, uh, have her, her, her child die. 10,000 people tried it that way. But the people on 9-11, I did. This is what I did. I was shocked. I was appalled. And I was ready to kill anybody. Once they told me it was Middle Easterners, I wouldn't have cared which Middle Eastern country we attacked. It was good enough for me. That was the reaction. It's the reaction of an ignoramus. So you're admitting that you were yeah, ignorant. I was ignorant. 
Well, just like so many people were at the time and so many people are right now, people people that are, you know, unfortunately still supporting these wars. That, I'm sure that took a lot to admit, Mark. I, pre- I appreciate that. Well, I, it's, it's the only the truth. Yeah. Summer of 1979, the U.S. publicly supports Khomeini's regime's efforts to suppress the Kurdish liberation struggle and maintain Iranian domination of Kurdistan. So after they ex- exiled their, uh, the U.S. in the U.S.'s own Shah, uh, they begin supporting the new guy, right? 1979, U.S. President Jimmy Carter designates the Persian Gulf a vital U.S. interest and declares the U.S. will go to war to ensure the flow of oil. So instead of requiring these businesses that want to go and make money off of buying and selling oil to provide for their own security, raise their prices as is necessary in order to provide their ships and their uh, oil uh, derricks and installations with their own security forces – no, they go ahead and tax everybody who may not support this uh, oil mission or have sure. even having oil as, a, as an energy source. They tax everybody in the United States, and they use all of that money to support these corporations, businesses. Right. Imagine for a second um, if I – well, I'll, I'll give, this, give my scenario when we come back. There's just no way for me to do it in the next uh, 25 seconds. All right, more in a moment here with your thoughts as well. You're welcome to dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL. CAI toll free line, a history heavy episode of uh, Free Talk Live, but I think it's important stuff. Uh, more coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live, live Saturday edition. American patriots, would you like to spend a day or two with other freedom loving Americans? Learn rifle marksmanship while hearing the real story behind the American Revolution? If you said yes, then the Appleseed program is for you. Part shooting school, part oral history lesson, Appleseed has trained thousands of Americans nationwide. And with hundreds of shoots scheduled this year, you can be sure there's one near you. For more information, go to AppleseedInfo.org. That's AppleseedInfo.org. This is Free Talk Live, the live Saturday edition. Take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there for free, including stuff like our news updates. You can get signed up and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to news.freetalklive.com, get on our email updates list, or follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, Do all of the above if you'd like. Go to news dot freetalklive.com are you frustrated with the lack of freedom where you live i know i was are you tired of the oppressive state intruding into your business and personal life well if you knew thousands of liberty loving people were all moving to the same place and getting active would you join them you can join the free state project at freestateproject.org that's freestateproject.org we're just going to, I think, going to have to stop this at some point, Mark. I mean, the, this history of violence on uh, behalf of the, uh, the the U.S. federal government in the Middle East right. uh, it's, is it's, so lengthy. It's not to say that there hasn't been violence, uh, you know, by the other countries out there, by Middle Eastern countries, uh, by all kinds of people. People have, throughout the ages, have been solving their problems with violence. It's very rare that you will see people use peaceful means to affect a political change. However... That doesn't make it okay. 
Well, yeah, if you want peace, then peace is the only method to get you there. Right. And what, I, what I've been trying to point out mostly here is you know, if you want to use violence to affect change, that's your business as long as you don't expect me to pay for it. That's what's really the problem here. I want you to imagine that I've discovered the uh, deposit of raritanium in you know, some little country out there that uh, doesn't really matter much. Uh, how about Haiti? Uh, and, and so I've discovered raritanium. Now, other people are going to want raritanium. It's a very valuable resource. Lots of military uh, uh, things can be run off of it. it. As a matter of fact, it can power military things better than oil can. Now, do, do I really have the, the reasonable expectation that, the, that you, the, ta- the United States pa- taxpayer, should have to fund the security of my raritanium mine? Does that make sense? Well, no. no, it's stealing. That's exactly what the oil companies have been doing all along. And the mm-hmm. United States government's in bed with them. And the reason is, is because the military industrial complex is completely fed by oil. I'm not saying gasoline's bad. I'm all for the combustion engine when it's used in a fashion that doesn't, that, that isn't used to intentionally kill people. When it's not being subsidized. I mean, they're, they're subsidizing these oil companies and that's making the energy, uh, situation in this country pretty dire because uh, if the oil companies are getting these huge really what are trillion dollar subsidies i mean if they provided their own security it wouldn't cost as much when the government does it it costs way more but uh they're getting these hundreds of billions if not trillion dollar subsidies to their product to their bottom line and uh, keeps their prices uh, uncompetitively low which means it's more difficult for uh for you know for new ideas to come about and to come to fruition and and develop and and it's more difficult for innovators to appear in the marketplace and and launch a serious challenge to these people Anyway, there's a little bit more. Let's go through a little bit more of this here with the, uh, the again, the uh, the Shah being forced to flee, the Ayatollah Khomeini uh, taking power, then the U.S. Uh, just getting behind him. In 1979, in response to Soviet military maneuvers, this is from informationclearinghouse.info, in response to Soviet military maneuvers on Iran's northern border, Carter secretly puts U.S. forces on nuclear alert and warns the Soviets they'll be used if the Soviets intervene. Imagine the Soviets at this point getting threatened with nuclear war all the time are probably pretty fed up with it. 1979, summertime, U.S. begins arming and organizing Islamic fundamentalist Mujahideen in Afghanistan. National Security Advisor Zbigniew Brzezinski writes, This aid was going to induce a Soviet military intervention, drawing the Soviets into an Afghan quagmire. Over the next decade, the U.S. alone passed more than $3 billion in arms and aid to the Mujahideen, with another $3 billion provided by the U.S. ally Saudi Arabia. Hmm. Now, what do you think the arms that the, the $3 billion that the United States government paid for to buy all those weapons, you think some of those weapons are being used now in Afghanistan? Hmm. The very same weapons they armed the Mujahideen to fight of the Soviets with? Of course they are. Yeah. Um- <laughs> American soldiers are now fighting against the weapons that the American government gave to Afghani freedom fighters, uh, what they called them at the time, the Mujahideen. Uh, and the soldiers and, die, time. and the soldiers perish on both sides, and the oil companies uh, win out yeah. at the end of the day. November 4th, 1979, Islamic militants backed by the Khomeini regime seize the U.S. embassy in Tehran and demand the U.S. return the Shah to Iran for trial. 
The embassy and 52 U.S. personnel are held for 444 days. This international embarrassment prompts new U.S. actions against Iran, including an abortive rescue attempt. December of 1979, Soviet troops invade Afghanistan, which uh, the U.S. rulers considered a buffer state between the Soviet Union to the north and the strategically important states of Iran and Pakistan to the south, overthrowing the Amin government and installing a more uh, pro-Soviet regime. In 1980, the U.S. begins organizing a rapid deployment force, increasing its naval presence and prepositioning military equipment and supplies. It also steps up to aid reactionary client states such as Turkey, Pakistan, and Saudi Arabia. On September 12th, Turkey's military seizes power and unleashes a brutal clampdown on revolutionaries and Kurds struggling for liberation in order to stabilize the country as a key U.S. ally. Summer of 1980, as the Carter administration tries to bully Iran into surrendering the U.S. hostages, supporters of presidential candidate Ronald Reagan cut a secret deal with the Islamic Republic, promising that the Reagan administration will allow Israel to ship arms to Iran if Iran continues to hold the hostages during the coming presidential campaign to cripple Carter's campaign for re-election. I've heard this. It sounds so conspiratorial. How in the world is the governor of, of California going to do that? 1980, September 22nd, Iraq invades Iran with tacit U.S. support, starting a bloody eight-year war. The U.S. supports both sides in the war, providing arms to Iran and money, intelligence, and political support to Iraq in order to prolong the war and weaken both sides while trying to draw both countries into the U.S. orbit. 1981, U.S. holds military maneuvers off the coast of Libya to bully the Qaddafi government. When a Libyan plane fires a missile at U.S. planes penetrating Libyan airspace, Two Libyan planes are shot down. 81. The Reagan administration secretly encourages Israel and other allies, such as South Korea and Turkey, to ship hundreds of millions of U.S.-made arms to Iran, despite a ban on the shipment of U.S.-made weapons. From the fall of 1981 through the winter of 82, forces led by the Union of Iranian Communists, Sabdaran, mount a historic resistance to the Islamic Republic. The uprising at Atmal at the end of January of 1982 is brutally crushed by the forces of uh, that said republic. I don't know what that has to do with the United States. I'm not sure either. 1982, after receiving... <laughs> you know, I was thinking about the, uh, the Lebanese situation there where the, uh, the United States uh, aircraft penetrated uh, Lebanese airspace and then shoot down two Lebanese aircraft after being fired upon. There was this bully when I was on my street. Um, he actually lived at the end of the street. And he decided he was going to come in my lawn one day. Um, you know, when I was a kid, he was older than me, and he was clearly a bigger kid and could beat me up. He decides, I'm going to step on your lawn and, and make it, you know, a big fuss about it. I turned around, went inside, started playing my Star Wars guys. He went away. Um, you know, you don't have to react, but you can see absolutely why these Lebanese planes would have reacted. And then to shoot them down in their own airspace, act of war, act of war. Imagine it would have, if these had been Cuban planes mm. in the United States airspace. A United States, uh, States uh, jet fighter fires on the um, Cuban planes. The Cuban planes shoot down to United States fighters. As a result, I mean, it, that would be it, people. Yeah. 1982, after receiving a green light from the U.S., Israel invades Lebanon to crush Palestinian and other anti-U.S. and anti-Israeli forces. Over 20,000 Lebanese and Palestinians are killed, and Israeli seizes, uh, Israel rather, uh, Israel seizes southern Lebanon, holding it until the year 2000. September 14, 1982, Lebanon's pro-U.S. president-elect Bashir al-Jumal is assassinated. 
The following day, Israeli forces occupy West Beirut, and from 16th to 18th of September, the Phalangist militia, with the support of Israel's military, under now Prime Minister Ariel Sharon, move into the Sabra and Shatila refugee camps and barbarically massacre over a thousand unarmed Palestinian men, women, and children. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features there for free. So head on over, and if you want to support the show, you can become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We'll uh, take that money in and reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country, bringing more Internet listeners on board, and exposing new people to the ideas of uh, freedom. So head over to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up. You get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only forum, and more. Get on board for as little as 3 bucks a month with any major credit card, PayPal, or some alternative options over at amp.freetalklive.com. We've been going through an exhaustive uh, list of uh, historic significance from information hearing, uh, clearinghouse.info talking about what exactly the United States uh, federal government has been doing before September 11th of 2001 in the the various different uh, governments, the states uh, meddling in people's lives in the Middle East. What what kind of calamities have they been uh, involved in uh, in creating? And there's all manner of them. I mean, there's thousands of uh, people murdered and uh, hundreds of thousands of them killed uh, families torn apart homes destroyed napalm dropped uh, murderers backed with uh, with weapons and money despotic uh, regimes overthrows uh, yeah yeah uh, backed all over the place you know i was just going to take let's take it up to the 90s mark because we've gone this far uh, and i think we all know what happened in iraq that's where we'll end the first iraq war we'll 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 end this cuz it just keeps going uh, but uh, so we're in 1983, where the U.S. sends troops to Lebanon, supposedly as part of a multinational peacekeeping operation, but in reality to protect U.S. interests, including Israel's occupation forces. U.S. troops are withdrawn after a suicide bomber destroys a U.S. Marine barracks. That's that's the that's the one that was 83, right? Yes, that's okay. correct. 83 also, the CIA helps murder. I'm beginning to be able to, you know, this is this is getting into the world where I sort of remember. Right. Uh, CIA helps murder General Ahmad Dlimi, a prominent Moroccan army commander who seeks to overthrow the pro-U.S. Moroccan monarchy. Uh, then in 1984, they shoot down some Iranian jets over the Persian Gulf. In 86 and 85, they secretly ship weapons to Iran, including over 1,000 TOW anti-tank missiles, Hawk missile parts, and Hawk radars. They are being exchanged for U.S. hostages in Lebanon in hopes of increased U.S. leverage in Iran. The secret plot collapses when it is publicly revealed in 1986 by a Lebanese magazine. They then, in 1985, attempt to the U.S., they, the U.S., attempts to assassinate Sheikh Mohammed Hussein Falada, a Lebanese Shiite leader. Eighty people are killed in the unsuccessful attempt. 
In 1986, when a bomb goes off in a Berlin nightclub and kills two Americans, the U.S. blames Libya's Gaddafi. U.S. bombers strike Libyan military facilities, residential areas of Tripoli and Benghazi, and Gaddafi's house, killing 101 people, including his adopted daughter. In 1987, the U.S. Navy is dispatched to the Persian Gulf to prevent Iran from cutting off Iraq's oil shipments. During these patrols, a U.S. ship shoots down an Iranian civilian airliner, killing all 290 people on board. Would you be able to write that one off if, uh, even if it was a mistake? Would you be able to write that one off if, the, uh, if, if it was your family that was on that, that airliner? Yeah, I just I, I just don't. Americans don't know this stuff. They just don't. Uh, they're not confronted with it. You see nine eleven stuff constantly in the news. I mean, it's just it. it whenever uh, uh, one of the cable news networks gets a chance to trot out the the footage of these airplanes hitting these buildings, I, it's 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 amazing stuff. It's terrible to see people look at it. Absolutely, um, I I understand it gets ratings. However, they, they uh, this stuff may have hit the news, but it's gone in a couple of days. Americans don't know that the United States in 1986 shot down an, an, an Iranian uh, civilian airliner and killed 260 people. 290 people 290, in 1987. In 1988, the Iraqi regime launches a mass poison, multiple mass poison gas attacks on Kurds, killing thousands and bulldozing many villages. The U.S. responds by increasing its support for the Iraqi regime. These are the weapons of mass destruction that were actually found in Iraq when uh, the United States invaded in 2002 or whatever. July of 1988, you know, the weapons they supported back then. Right. Uh, they July. found their own weapons of mass destruction. In 1988, a ceasefire ends the Iran-Iraq war with neither side victorious. Over one million Iranians and Iraqis are killed during the eight-year war. In 89, the last Soviet troops leave Afghanistan. The war, fueled by U.S.-Soviet rivalry, has torn Afghanistan apart, killing more than one million Afghans and forcing one-third of the population to flee into refugee camps. More than 15,000 Soviet soldiers die in that war. Finally, we make it to July of 1990. And still 20 years ago, there's still 20 years of intervention and murder to, to follow this. But in case you don't recall, and I think this is an important point to bring out about the, the first Iraq war. April Glaspie, a U.S. ambassador to Iraq, meets with Saddam Hussein in July of 1990. Now, Saddam threatens military action against Kuwait for overproducing its oil quota, slant drilling for oil into Iraqi territory, and encroaching on Iraqi territory, seriously harming the war-weakened Iraq. So Saddam comes to his, who he thought was his allies. They installed him there. You may have seen the picture of Saddam Hussein shaking hands with Donald Rumsfeld from the early uh, 1980s. So he comes to them to say, hey, there's, look at what Kuwait's doing. This is not good. We want to do something about this. And the ambassador, the U.S. ambassador, responds to him saying, quote, we have no opinion on Arab-Arab conflicts like your border disagreement with Kuwait. Go right ahead, Saddam. Go ahead and, you know, do whatever you need to do to punish uh, the Kuwait folks for doing that. We're fine with it. And then in the next month. Iraq invades Kuwait. The U.S. seizes the moment to assert its hegemony in the post-Soviet world and strengthen its grip on the Persian Gulf. The U.S. condemns Iraq, rejects a diplomatic settlement, imposes sanctions. Now, there's another word that's worth stopping down to discuss. Yeah. Sanctions. Sanctions just sounds so 
reasonable. Sanctions sounds so uh, like, hey, it's just sanctions. It's just sanctions. We're just sanctioning you. You've been sanctioned. <laughs> it doesn't sound like anything significant, does it? The, just oh. to me, it doesn't sound that way. Sanctions. It doesn't sound like war, but it's an act of war. <laughs> sanctions are, are the, the, the sanctions they're talking about here. Some estimates uh, are, are that it killed something like five hundred thousand people. Sure, these in sanctions, Iraq. these sanctions that they put on Iraq, have nothing to do with hurting the people that are rule, that ruled Iraq at the time. No, it's they like have to prevent food to, from getting in. They have everything to do with harming the little people, harming Iraqis, not uh, you know, not their government, not Saddam Hussein. Right. I mean, even if you go and you look at the definition of sanctions, it doesn't sound like it's a big deal to give authority to, to permit, final permission, authorization, aid or encouragement. It's none of those things. When used in this context, it means they're preventing people from eating. That's what that means. And this after they told Saddam Hussein, oh, yeah, no problem. You know, go, go right ahead. Do what you need to do with Kuwait. And then after he does what he was told he could do, that's when, you know, the S hits the fan. So after a six-month U.S. military buildup, the U.S.-led coalition launches Operation Desert Storm. For the next 42 days, U.S. and Allied planes pound Iraq, dropping 88,000 tons of bombs, systematically targeting and destroying its electrical and water systems. On February 22nd of 1991, the U.S. coalition begins its 100-hour ground war. Heavily armed U.S. units drive deep into southern Iraq. Overall, 100,000 to 200,000 Iraqis are killed during the war. Now, if you want to find out the rest of the story, and there's another, like I said, another 19 years, go to uh, informationclearinghouse.info, or as you said, Mark, you can just search online for timeline of U.S. involvement in the Middle East to give you an updated uh, view on what's been happening. Because it didn't stop there. The U.S. military's been in Iraq ever since. They've been bombing uh, places uh, there for during the Clinton administration. Everybody would like you to believe that Bill Clinton wasn't a you know as much of a bloodthirsty killer. He was killing people too. Of course, uh, right. He, the, the the most uh, famous of them is blowing up that aspirin, aspirin factory after the Monica Lewinsky thing went, uh, went as, out as a distraction. Uh, well, right? that's that's what it seemed like. Sure, well, sure was convenient, wasn't it? it it's convenient. Yeah. And uh, so then, of course, George Bush II uh, goes and uh, does his invasion, which we're obviously a little bit more familiar with. But the point of all of this, the point of all of this, and it's really it's been an unusual show, right? This isn't normally a, a lecture series. But the point of all of this was to give you some perspective. If you didn't have it, and I sure didn't, they didn't teach me this in, uh, in government school, to, uh, to transfer some perspective about what it is that could have motivated people to fly planes into buildings and killing thousands of innocent folks. Because right. thousands of innocent folks, hundreds of thousands of innocent people, human beings, were murdered at the hands of the U.S. federal government and their associates. The CIA mostly. Yeah. So there you have it. It's been a Saturday show, and we've uh, been here with you, but uh, we'll be back on Monday night. You can have fun with our uh, other co-hosts tomorrow night for our live Sunday edition. From 7 to 10. That's right. FreeTalkLive.com. That's correct, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we'll see you on Monday. FreeTalkLive.com. Have a great night and weekend. 
John Dennis, an accomplished businessman and entrepreneur, has been a pro-liberty Republican for a quarter century. He's the new face of a new Republican Party, and he's running for congressman of California's 8th District. I'm John Dennis, and I support drastically cutting both taxes and spending, which will help repair our devastated economy. Abolishing spendthrift governmental money pits that fail to produce the desired results. Bringing our troops home to defend our country, not policing other countries around the world. And a return to personal responsibility self-ownership, and freedom of choice for all Americans. Something John doesn't approve of? Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> it's time for the Wicked Witch of the West to go away. Wipe the slate clean in California's 8th District in Washington in one blow. Contribute to the John Dennis for 2010 campaign at johndennis2010.com. I'm John Dennis, and I approve this ad.